Welcome to Fixed Body Group's podcast. On our show, we speak about our lifestyle-based approach for permanent change. My name is Dr. Sean Robeck. Each week, we'll be helping you with better daily habits that will improve your health for a lifetime. We believe you must be proactive when it comes to taking care of yourself and others around you. Our current healthcare system is broken, and we help you navigate your journey to health independence. Welcome back to the Fixed Body Group podcast. Today, we have Dr. Sam Wegg talking about sleep, how to get good sleep, the benefits of good sleep, and the consequences of not getting good sleep. So, welcome to the show, Sam. Good morning, Sean. Good morning, Sam. How are you? Doing great. Welcome back to our show. Thanks for having me again. Yes, uh, for the listeners, Dr. Sam Wegg is our wellness expert. We are all wellness coaches at Fixed Body Group and Rejuvenate Medical Group, uh, but Sam takes it to the next level. And so, honored to call him partner. And today, we're going to talk about sleep and the importance of sleep. And it's very appropriate for today because last night, I didn't get all that much sleep. Had my father <laughs> had my father-in-law come into town uh, or come back into town, and uh, we enjoyed a couple glasses of wine. And so this is a very appropriate conversation for how important sleep is and um, the benefits of it or the consequences of not getting it. So uh, you want to get us started on, uh, you know, one of the things that you you mentioned uh, last night when we were talking, you're like, there is, um, you know, falling asleep, staying asleep and getting quality of sleep can sometimes just simply be a daydream. (laughs) So can you uh, explain that and... Uh, we'll dive into this together. Yeah, I think, um, you know, this is something we hear all the time, like sleep's so important, get some good sleep, but so many Americans uh, don't experience that. Getting that good sleep, falling asleep easily, waking up rested, I think that's pretty apparent. Um, you turn on the TV and most medications offer to treat those symptoms. Um, and I think that's uh, really us kind of falling victim to that, the American way of go, go, go. And in our effort to do as much as we possibly can while our eyes are open, we really rob ourselves of that time when we need to regenerate and repair. And uh, I recently did a little bit, or we talked about this in the sense of um, if we don't regenerate, then what is it worth all the go, go, go that we're doing? Right. Um, because for many people, you know, the part of that's going to the gym, right? Working out, want to make changes in our body. As Sean said, we're health and wellness coaches, and we help patients make those changes in their life. Fitness is a huge enigma to people. And what we find out a lot of times, if you're never sleeping, you don't have the right hormones, you're never recovering, we're not going to see those changes in our body. Um, so this will, I want to try to make this easy for everyone, if you ever slept through a science class and maybe missed some key parts, um, we're going to bring that sleep to life. Yeah, I think you know, when you say regenerate and repair, however, we don't allow ourselves to get the, the to sleep to actually accomplish that, and then we expect our bodies to achieve that. Um, not only is it it's that, it's not that one day or uh, a week of poor sleep, but if we're not maximizing that experience of sleep and it compounds on itself over years or a lifetime, it's robbing us of that essence of being a human or being an optimizing ourselves and being the best person that we can be. I think I know where you're going here and an easy, an easy way to think about this. And I know we're talking about sleep, but I think if people don't understand how this ties into your life and why it's important, you don't really give a shit about getting good sleep. And that's probably why you don't. So, when it comes down to it, 
our body can either exist in one state or the other. We're either in that fight or flight or we're in that rest and digest. So sympathetic or parasympathetic. And everything we do in our life tips us one way or the other. When we're being present, we should be aware of what is going on and kind of where we fall. But if you don't get sleep and your body is not regenerated, it's not at full power, it's seeking that time to rest and it's seeking that time to recover. So if your body is always looking for that, you're not really pushing forward. And we're not going to, as Sean said, like see the results that we want when we rob ourselves of that recovery. And I bring this up with fitness because consistency is preached so often. If you're just consistent in the gym, you'll see results. Yep. Well, I'll tell you that you'll be consistently pissed off if you just keep doing the same thing. You never recover to build the muscles. If you never get enough sleep to release the hormones in your body to make changes, and you're going to be pissed off if you never get enough sleep to push your body back into rest and digest. And I think it comes down to some people asking, how much sleep do I need to get? That is a very common question. <laughs> and I wish there was a very common answer. There kind of is, but there's not a right answer for every person. So science kind of pushes us to about seven to nine hours, you know, seven to 10, we'll call it is about the average. Um, so let's talk about the low end. We've heard people talk about really high-performing humans that sleep on a minimal amount. And I'm not here to knock that. Those people have incredible accomplishments. But I would be here to say, could they have done even more on a full night's rest and really leverage that power? Maybe. Um, and there's different scenarios in our life. We're going to have less sleep. But when we say that there isn't a perfect answer, and the reason there is a range is it depends what we do with our body. You cannot charge a hundred percent full battery. Again, it's full. Mm -hmm. But if that battery has been used heavily, it can take that full 10 hour charge. So a little bit of it is variable with how we use our body and what's needed. Um, I think pretty common thing everyone experiences when you don't feel good or you're sick, we rest, right? Your body recovers. So when we're feeling a bit run down, maybe you've had some hard workouts and you really have created a stimulus that requires a lot of rebuilding, you're going to take that more sleep. But if you're not really um, pushing as hard, your body can regenerate and you can be more efficient on less sleep. And we can talk a little bit more about what that means as well when it comes to recovery. Yeah. And with, uh, you know, one thing we speak about um, or we've spoken about together is like, did you earn your sleep? Mm -hmm. and and it, that's that's i mean it's, it's it's right there is basically did you earn it and how much you're going to get as a result of what you've done throughout the day exactly um i think a lot of people the the hardness i'm air quoting or like the difficulty of the day is very above the shoulders it's incredibly high stress potentially but it is not physically demanding in the sense of wearing out your body where it needs to recharge. And I think a lot of people, um, especially in our society, our culture, would side with, yep, I kind of am in a shot out of a rocket to start my day. I make it to work. It's go, 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 go. I come home. By the time my kids are in bed, all I can do is kind of collapse on the couch and I kind of veg out as I watch that one show. And you're probably very mentally no willpower left. But how much did you physically use your body that your body might not need to recharge? Mm -hmm. 
And then because you've been so go, 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 and your mind doesn't process anything, when you lay in bed, what's your mind doing? It's trying to catch up. It's trying to process everything that happened today. Right. So again, back to that, in the effort of go, 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 we're now not getting as much done as we could. And, um, you know, I think when it comes down to, you mentioned something earlier about jumping out of bed like a rocket. And I th- right. and it's almost like reverse engineering sleep uh, because there's a process of waking up that can be so beneficial for us and how we structure our day to make sure it's efficient and where we don't come out, jump out of bed in this massive adrenaline rush. Are you able to speak about reverse, that a bit? Yeah, the reverse engineering is the best way to put it because that's exactly what you have to do. If, well, number one, like we've been talking about, did you wear out the, the battery? That's kind of step one. Throughout your day, are you doing enough to require that sleep? And surprisingly, sometimes that addition is not that much. Add in that 10, 15-minute walk at the end of the night or jump in Jack's your house. It can be done. Right. So wearing out the battery should be doable. But I really would preach to people if you could allow an hour of this wind down time, that doesn't mean watch TV right up to the minute that you think it's time for bed. Mm-hmm. So take that time to, all right, now we're having less lights on in the house. You need to start to send your body some cues of it's time to go to bed. Because if I were to ask you, Sean, if we're in the middle of a war zone, I'm like, well, 10 p.m., so why don't you get some shut eye? <laughs> it doesn't really work that way. Because <laughs> your body, in its crazy effort to keep you alive, is going to say, you know what, I just don't think this is a safe place for you to nod off. Right. And we do that to a lower degree on that spectrum when there's a ton of lights on in our house, when we're watching a war movie, when we have a million notifications going off on our phone, and people are yelling in the background. So we have to create that calm environment as well and start to wind down. But you can also prep things in the morning so that when you wake up, your mind doesn't instantly go, holy shit, what do I have to get done today? And you start going through a million different things. Whereas if you can wake up and go through a a calm routine, like Sean said, there's a lot of ways that we can wake up. That's really beneficial Um, and kind of set some intention for your day um, instead of kind of being reactive. Because if we start our day being reactive, you're going to have a tendency to run the whole day like that. And then you're right back to that loop of never feeling like you have your own thoughts until your head hits your own pillow again. That's right. And, you know, um, let, take us through your routine. I know, obviously, distractions are huge for people that are having trouble sleeping. And they may not even realize that these are distractions keeping them awake or giving them poor, um, giving them poor sleep, uh, as well as the routine in the morning that can help you set the pace for your day. Yeah. Um, and obviously, there's there's variation with this. So I'm going to kind of share like you know, like typical routine, but I'm not here to say to everyone that like this happens every single day of my life. Do my best to make this happen, and everyone should have some variability. And I mention that because like, sometimes people resist some change because you feel like you won't stick to it every single time. But start to adopt a routine, and um, if you're able to have a lot of control over your timings when it comes down to going to bed. Um, you know, I go to bed at about 10, so I really try to limit screen time when we get to about 9. Um, I use a feature on my iPhone. Everyone has it. You can set, it's just called screen time, and it'll turn off non-essential apps at a set time. That's really helpful because it pairs you down to essentially phone, messages, 
and um, a few other things, and you can actually select those. So just by them not being unavailable, kind of breaks that normal loop of most of us is like pick up my phone, check this, this, and this. So that's one one way to start uh, set hard set that time, and then I will do no screen time, kind of start to brush my teeth. I might listen to music or something like that, and then uh, if it's been kind of a crazy day or I haven't had a time to kind of collect my thoughts. I will, I use um, a daily planner. I'll just write down in there some stuff I need to get done tomorrow or plan out that next day. That allows me mentally to be like, I know what I'm getting into that next day. And then of course I will go to bed. Um, when I first wake up in the morning, one of the most important things uh, for me is just being grateful. You know, it's another day. A ton of people don't have that. That's all they want. So uh, regardless of the day of the week, you got to be happy to be here and um, really set out to make the best of your day. After that, um, I will meditate for 15 minutes. There's an app called Brain FM. I just do an unguided meditation. And then usually when my dog goes out to the bathroom, I'll go out and just try to watch the sunrise or stare at the sun for about 20 seconds. That is really helpful when it comes to sleep and setting our circadian rhythms and to touch on a couple of things real quick with the light because I think people see this all the time wearing blue blockers or you got to limit blue light well, the reason that's important is exactly for that for our circadian rhythms and how our body releases hormones to help us sleep mm-hmm. and if you're exposed to those artificial lights all the time your body can't sync that up but when you look at the sun in the morning that's going to kind of set you on a 12 hour clock to release that melatonin so the more consistent you can do that you're going to find that it's much easier to fall asleep at a consistent time and wake up naturally. So to summarize, black out your room, eliminate yeah. electronics. If you, if you are going to um, be on your phone or watching TV, uh, wear blue blockers, uh, blue light blockers. And um, one, I think one of the things that I have found to be so beneficial and to be honest, rewarding is that when I write down my daily routine for the next day at night, it's almost like putting your clothes out. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it creates, 100%. This cl- it creates this clarity. It decreases anxiety. It allows you to sleep peacefully knowing that you know what you have to do the next day instead of waking up and then getting your brain organized and structured for the day. It's one of the best ways that you can, uh, have a dramatic impact on your sleep and, um, and I, most importantly, restful sleep. Yeah, 100%. And every single one of us, you only have so much willpower in the day. So think of that as like your power bar. You wake up, you charge at 100. Every single task you do is going to whittle that down. So the more you can eliminate those, because if I give put a blank piece of paper in front of you and said, write three sentences that best describe you, you're going to sit there and scratch your head for a long time. So that night before, when it's very clear to you the things that you didn't get done and you need to do the next day, just write them down or else you're starting every day with that blank sheet. And that takes away from that willpower. And we already have so many things in the world that are going to pull and distractions that we can't control. So let's control that inner world and make it easier for you. A lot of our clients enjoy snacking at night. Um, maybe having a couple drinks, glass of wine, uh, or eating big meals late at night. Uh, I know for myself, I said earlier, I had two glasses of wine with my father-in-law last night, and 
I woke up this morning and I didn't feel like my best self. Now I did my routine. I jumped into my cold pool, stayed in there for five minutes. Uh, I feel great now, but uh, that can have a negative impact on your day. So if you're combining all of those, let's say a glass of wine or two snacks and a big meal, and then you go to bed, can you help us understand the consequences of those choices? Yeah. Um, I mean, in general, any one of the variables, like we kind of said in the beginning, you're just robbing yourself of that full recovery. We just say that as a baseline. Number two, not getting that full release of hormones when we sleep. Um, that is the compounding impact of that is huge. But in your exact example, it's like, say we have this, um, you didn't necessarily have a big meal, but when we have that huge meal and then you go to bed, your body is really working hard on all these digestive processes. And just like our, I said, with the willpower, imagine your body, you know, has a 100 level of repair and it has to delegate that out um, when you go to sleep. So if you're trying to digest and you put all this food in, that's going to take up a lot of that energy rather than repairing tissues that you broke down. So you're kind of putting that on the back burner. And then when we put in alcohol, Alcohol is a poison to our body. So our body prioritizes alcohol first. It has to get rid of poison. So the reason, uh, kind of subject change, but the reason people put on weight with alcohol is because when you drink, your body has to get rid of the alcohol first. So whatever food you take in gets put on the back burner for digestion. So in your exact example, it's like we have the wine, body has to process that first, and then it's going to go to the food. So how much repair is your body going to get done? And for most people, if you're having a big meal and you're having a lot of alcohol and you're not getting much sleep, you're not giving your body even that much time, like window of time to do repair. So ultimately, you're waking up and you feel groggy and you don't feel great because your body mostly spent its repair budget on digesting food and then clearing the alcohol. That's very well said. Is that too wordy or did that make sense? No, it was was great. It made Total sense, and uh, I think people listening got a lot out of that. Uh, I think a lot of when people hear someone say alcohol is essentially a poison to our body, and our body has to eliminate that first before it can do anything else, uh, that's going to take time. It's going to take time away from our body healing itself, recovering for the next day, and we're just going to once again be less efficient in our ability to maximize our experience on Earth. And if we do yeah, this every single day over and over and over again, that's like compounding interest. We want compounding interest if we um, are in the market. We don't want compounding interest <laughs> if we have student loans. So exactly. it's almost as if we're just preaching on the choir. <laughs> so we just keep putting more and more debt on us uh, without having um, the ability or without actually consciously knowing what we're doing to ourselves, which is why we're talking about this today. I think some people don't realize what they're doing to make them feel less than desirable on a daily basis. Yeah. And just like we can have, you know, we don't want that negative compounding interest. We can implement some of these hacks or tips or make certain things routine so that we get that positive compounding interest. Um, I think it might be helpful. You did a good summary on like kind of the things that people can do, but maybe we could touch on each of the points because I think some they're so common, but people just don't understand why. Yeah. Um, the first one you said was black out the room. 
And that goes back to what we said before. It's just giving your body those cues, right? It's time to go to bed. Our body is used to sleeping in darkness. So making sure that the room you sleep in is as dark as you possibly can, that is really going to help with getting that deep, deep sleep. Um, you can buy blackout curtains for that, or a lot of people, you know, your, your room is good with normal curtains. You don't have to go out of control. But if you live in a city and there's a lot of artificial lights that kind of flood your house consistently, you want to make sure that you can soften that. Um, and then with your routine, if, you know, you're, there's a lot of lights around, or some people, I understand, like your job requires you're working later where you do really have to bring out as much as you can of the day right up until bed, mm-hmm. invest in those blue blockers to filter out some of that light. And then on our phone, you can use the uh, those apps or the screen time app as well as adjust down your brightness to as low as you can tolerate. How do you feel about um, hitting the snooze? Oh, bad about the snooze. <laughs> <laughs> I hit the snooze so, twice today. Hated it. Oh, man. Hated it. Uh, Every time I did it, I get I got anxiety, and I'm like, I gotta get up, I gotta get gotta up, get up. <laughs> and it's almost like it's, it's almost like it's torture. Every time you do it to yourself, what do you what are your thoughts I'll, on it? I give people the takeaway first: <laughs> if you cannot sleep for another hour, don't do it. Got it. Just remember that. But uh, there's something called sleep inertia, so our body is set up to sleep on four hour, two four hour chunks. That's how we get our eight hours. So probably a lot of listeners, maybe you wake up in the middle of the night, go to the bathroom, go right back to bed. Guess what? That's probably right after your first four-hour block. If you don't wake up, you might sleep straight through. We get our eight hours. So what happens after that is your body chemically is switching over to one-hour blocks of sleep. So what happens is, say I get that eight hours, my alarm goes off. You're like, you know what? My bed's pretty comfy. I'm just going to stay here a little bit longer, hit the snooze. Well, no one snoozes that for an hour. Mm-hmm. So in 10 minutes, when that gracious noise goes off again, and you don't really feel rested, you probably feel worse. Because your body, when you hit the snooze, and you put your head back on the pillow, it's like, all right, he's got another hour. And hormonally, chemically, it's going to set you up for another hour of sleep. So it's putting in kind of that chemical cocktail to knock you back out. Right. So what that leads to is called sleep inertia. So that little one-time hit on the snooze can cost you about four hours of your day to normalize. Wow. Because when you hit that, it's like they're like choosing to take a shot. That's going to take four hours to wear off. And most people are not doing shots before work. So if you think about it that way, it's like it's just not worth it. Know that those 10 minutes are setting you back four hours. That is huge. I think our listeners – Please digest what was said. Every time you hit that snooze, you're, you're essentially setting yourself back and robbing yourself of being productive, especially for that next, the next four hours that you're awake. Uh, and I don't think people realize that. I don't think they understand that concept and how they're hurting themselves by these simple little daily habits that they have. And Yeah, and uh, honestly, that is one of, if you're a person and you're like, man, it takes me. I'm not like a human until lunch mm-hmm. or until, you know, I'm three Starbucks in before we're, things are going well and I'm kind of clicking and using your brain. You may be somebody that's really falling victim to that. And 
I used to be a huge like abuser of this, and um, you know, I didn't have the knowledge of really what it was doing to me. And uh, looking back, it's like, wow, that is exactly the symptomatology of that. The um, so again, let's summarize: black out your room, eliminate electronics. If you have to use electronics, blue blockers. Um, do not hit snooze. And if you're the person that goes to bed with anxiety or is staring at the ceiling, worrying about the next day, put a journal next to your bed, write out four or five things that you have to do. Or let's just make it the three most important things that you have to do that day. Write it down and then just like get it out of your head so you can go into yeah. that parasympathetic state or that's your rest state, your rest and digest state so you can get a good night's sleep rest and recover, allow your hormones to do what they're supposed to do when you sleep. And again, and we didn't, we didn't touch on this. We have them on past podcasts and we do have a minute or two left. If you want to allow your human growth hormone to reach its potential and do what it does by helping heal the body and regrow yeah. tissue. And then Sam, we got a couple of minutes left. Can you talk about what happens with um, human growth hormone? at night yeah we we talked about um you know making sure your body releases hormones on human growth hormones the biggest one to be released when we sleep and it is released when we sleep because that's inverse meaning opposite to glucose so when you eat when you have carbs think of your sugar your carbs your bread pasta all that stuff when that's in our system you're not releasing it and it takes our body about eight hours to burn that off so um if you go eight hours no glucose you're going to get that. Most people only get this when they sleep. If you um, have a low glucose diet, you go ketogenic, things like that, we can increase it. But long story short, if you are not getting quality sleep and you always have that huge meal before, you always have a ton of alcohol before, your body is just not releasing it. And human growth hormone is responsible for your muscle building, your fat burning, your hair, your skin, your nails. So think about if Every, uh, what if your friend told you, hey, I'm getting a human growth hormone injection every night? And you would be jealous. And <laughs> it's like, actually, you could do this. Um, and Sean and I are actually going through a fast over these next two days. And doing a 48 hour fast, you can increase that human growth hormone by fivefold. So a lot of people would pay money for that <laughs> to go in and have an injection with something that could increase how much muscle they build, fat they burn their hair, their skin, their nails, their libido, all those things. So it sounds like a miracle drug. Right. Well, your body can make it if you just teach it. You know, there is a, um, I, there, there are patients of mine and friends of mine that, um, have that take human growth hormone and they have to, uh, and it costs them a thousand dollars a month. And we're, yep. we're, and we're, if, if you put a dollar amount on, um, how we're robbing ourselves by, uh, poor daily habits or nightly habits, where we're just choosing to not allow our body to release human growth hormones so we can rebuild and recover and repair. Um, if you want to put a dollar amount on it, you're basically costing yourself $1,000 a month uh, by not making yeah. some very basic changes. And I think what's really important for the takeaways, at least for me, um, and I hope listeners, is that um, be grateful when you wake up in the morning. Don't Number one, don't hit your snooze. <laughs> when you do wake up, give yourself anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes to be with yourself and be grateful and be thankful for what we have and to be on this earth and not just go right into the straight adrenaline mode and dive into the, the pot of coffee and go right to work and 
get right on your phone. Uh, and I think when you do that, you can set the stage for a great day. Uh, and that calm and peacefulness in the morning will just continue on through throughout the day. And I think that's a big t- that was a big takeaway for me when I, I started practicing that. And Sam, you actually yeah. helped me with that. So I, thank you. Um, I kind of end it with knowledge is power for that sleep inertia. And hearing that and the science of it was incredibly helpful for me. But the other part that I heard was actually a quote from Marcus Aurelius. As he was a insomniac, he had a lot of issues with sleep his whole life. And he would ask himself, you know, oftentimes off very little sleep, but he would wake up and say, you know, is it my duty to lay in these sheets all day or to serve the people? And uh, I thought that really hit home because you know, when the alarm goes off, it's like, what am I doing? Just sleeping in bed. And there's so many people want another day. And you have that right now. So make the best of it. And you're going to pay for every decision that you make. So you want to pay for it now and you want to pay for it later. But Sean and I talked a lot about compounding interest. And those later decisions, it costs you a lot more. So you can pay $1,000 for the HGH from somebody else or you can make it yourself for free. Sam, this is great. What a great way to close out this show. Uh, thank you once again for your time, and uh, you know, I'll be talking later. All right, I'll see you again soon. Take care.